If you could ask God one question, what would it be? This was a question that I asked the entire freshman class last semester when I was invited to speak in freshman seminar. As they came in the door, each one of them was given a three-by-five card in which to record their responses down. And then we gathered that information and we developed a new series that we're launching today called One God, One Question, What Would You Ask? But you know what? Before we can even get to answering these various questions that are asked, there is one prime, one first question that begs to be answered. And that question is, should we even be questioning God? Who are we to pose such questions like the nature of his existence, or why were we created, or why does suffering exist in the world? Shouldn't we just be obedient children to be seen and not heard? I think the answer, though, to this deals with the nature of our relationship with God. You see, the Bible talks about God as being Father. And that begs the question, Father of whom? If we claim God as Father, then we are his children. And that means he is our Father. Yet some people think that as children of God, we should just blindly trust and follow him. That we should never ask any questions whatsoever. You know, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't because one of the things is that if you know anything about kids, children, they ask questions. As a father of three, who are the parents out there? Raise your hand, right? All of them can testify. For myself, as a father of three... They ask questions, and sometimes they ask a lot of questions, and sometimes you get to a point where you're like, will you stop asking me questions? They're curious. They want to know. But, but here's the thing, though, too. I think that trust is involved in all of this. If my kids did not trust me, they wouldn't ask questions. It's the nature of the trusting relationship whereby we can ask questions. Proverbs 3.5, Proverbs is a book in the Old Testament. Proverbs 3.5 puts it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. If God is creator of all, if God is above all, then we should trust him. We should go to him to provide answers for our questions. Trust is an interesting word because it's actually synonymous with another word, the word faith. To trust your parents is to have faith in them. To trust God is to have faith in him. Yet for some people, 
Whatever the reason may be, trust does not come easy for them in the nature of relationships. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've been burned before. Maybe you put your trust in somebody and they blew it. It was a faith betrayed. Maybe you grew up in a home that was not a home that fostered that kind of trust. For whatever reason, trust for some people, maybe yourself, doesn't come easy. I worked in Burbank for 10 years as a youth minister, and there was this one student that I had that it took him nine years for him to trust me. I don't know why, but at the end of nine years, I was towards the end of my time serving there, he actually came up to me and he said, you know what, I find me in a place where I can trust you, okay? And then all of a sudden, his life was an open book. It was very open. In fact, it was a little too open for me at times, but it was open because he trusted me. Maybe this is how you look at God. Maybe you think, I don't trust him. Maybe the reason being is because you prayed for a family member or a loved one who had cancer. That prayer wasn't answered. So maybe you think, you know what, I don't want to ask God any questions because I'm done with him ignoring me. If that's you, or even if that's not you, I, don't, I want to invite you all to go on a journey with me. I want to take you to a different place and a different time. I want you to take you to a place that's a garden. A garden that's in the midst of an olive grove. And I want you to see in that garden a man who is lying face down in the soil, and his hands are clutching the dirt. He's got blood, sweat, and tears that have stained his face. And I want you to hear and listen to this whispered prayer that comes from his chapped lips. Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, but not as I will, rather your will be done. This is the prayer between a son and a father. A prayer that is not answered with the passing of the cup, which is a metaphor for the passing of suffering that he is going to endure. A prayer, rather, that is echoed in the hammering of nails into flesh, to bone, to wood. A prayer that reverberates in the cry of a son nailed to a cross, a cry that is itself a question. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If ever, if ever a son was to feel betrayed, it would be Jesus. And yet, as the Son of God, 
He trusted and he obeyed his heavenly Father. An obedience that allowed him to question. An obedience that always led to the cross. To a cross that was born for you, for me. To a cross that brings to us the gift of forgiveness for a lack of trust. To a cross that also leads the gift of faith. I want to go back for a moment, and I want you to really think about that questioning cry of Jesus from the cross and understand that that is God wrapped in human flesh, the Son of God who questions God the Father. Put it in a different way. God questioning God. This is God who dwells in our humanity, who knows and understands our question, and who invites us in faith to ask those questions. But maybe some of you are thinking, I'm not a person of faith. So does that mean that I can't question? And the answer is, we invite you to question. We welcome you to question. We welcome you to ask those questions. Because it's a journey. Because it's a quest. And the quest is in the question. A quest that can lead you down to the road of faith. To a faith that clings to Christ. So join us for the quest. One God, one question. What will you ask? Amen.